This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Your Xfinity Home Security System can't walk the dog, but it can tell you what he does while you're not around. And it can't stop your kids from sneaking out either. But it can let you choose what real-time security alerts you receive. So you're always in control. No matter what you're doing around the house, Xfinity Home can help with a new way to customize your home security. And it was named the best professionally installed home security system by CNET. Click, call 1-800-XFINITY or demo in your local Xfinity store today. Xfinity Home. Simple. Easy. Awesome. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Accidents happen, and when they do, you'll want a lawyer who will stand up to the insurance company and fight for your rights. In case of emergency, have this name in your back pocket. Goldfinger. Brian Goldfinger. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk. Yes, I'm taking over from William Liu. This is the second one. Just letting anybody who might be late to this know about it. And he's moved on to Yahoo Sports. I'm now the incumbent host. Don't hate me, please. Today I'm joined by Katie Heindel. Katie, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm, you know, I'm good. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like that, that there's this idea that you're just the incumbent host. Yeah, me either. But you know, the people at the top, they've let me know not to not to get too high. Not to get too comfortable? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I um, uh, I I'm for I'm for you as a, the permanent host. Let's just wow. be real. I don't know who else is in the running and I don't care. There there could be lots of people. You know, yeah. some guy comes out of left field. He's got like a voice like audible chocolate. Maybe like a John Mulaney character who's kind of like a Chicago kind of guy. Something like that. That would be the wrong choice and off-brand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe you're going to take over the podcast. But anyway, today we're talking about a litany of things. First thing that we're going to be talking about is the all-NBA handsome team. I couldn't think of anyone better than somebody who posts about, um, maybe not posts about, but like will post pictures of men that look great. <laughs> I don't know anybody else. Since uh, there was a vacuum left, since uh, an unmentionable left Raptors Twitter, we all we all like our butt pictures. But somebody who appreciates the face, Katie Heindel, who is your All NBA Handsome Team, and I'll I'll respond with my own. Okay, well I went with a classic uh, All NBA style lineup, so I picked ten guys. Good, yeah. Did you do the same? I I did one. I did one one five, but. Okay. I can think. I can think of ten. I've got plenty handsome men in the. I mean, in the these might jog some pleasant memories for you. So, and I didn't. These aren't like. I guess I have my starters loosely, but it do not. There's nothing to do with positional players on this team. It's just like handsome. 100%. Okay, that's actually great because I I cheated and I included Miles Turner as a forward, and I didn't know how I felt about it, but now I feel good. Yeah, it's. I think if you feel good about it, that's probably where they should be playing. Yeah, that's that's why I would be such a great coach. <laughs> <laughs> so I have number one always Tyson Chandler. Um, oh. I've got. I think he's like the most handsome man 
running. For... Do you have any reasoning why? Have you seen it? <laughs> <laughs> he also doesn't, he's an ageless man. But in ageless in that like he's, time is being, time is just like forgetting about him, but not in the sense that he is not aging well like a, a, a very handsome person should. Because I think we should clarify that when I was doing this list, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of NBA players are like cute or like, I don't know. There's like a lot of different ways people can look good, but handsome is yeah, to totally. me extremely specific. Um, anyway, Tyson Chandler, one. We've got DeAndre Jordan, uh, Amir Johnson, Serge Ibaka, Wayne Ellington. Those are my top five. Wayne Ellington shocks me. That's wow. interesting. I've never seen him get any play as like a handsome guy. That's so interesting. He's quite, I would just say, do yourself a favor and go look at his Instagram, <laughs> especially from when he lived in Miami, um, because that city really agreed with him in terms of like <laughs> okay. fits and just like, you know, the kind of vibe he was putting off day to day. But Wayne Ellington has like a killer smile. It's this kind of like, and he's not just flashing it around all the time. So in terms of like classic handsome if you want to think like movie star handsome i feel like okay. that's that's what that's what i see for wayne <laughs> oh good for him yeah what a ringing endorsement yeah wayne i hope you're listening i guess i'll uh, respond with my i'll respond no, with my first done. five then too. oh, oh okay. yeah okay can, go, no, go right you ahead do, you, do, you, do your, you could do your first five <laughs> i'm uh maybe i'm more of a wily handsome kind of guy a pretty boy uh, okay. Mike Conley is, yeah, is okay. number one. De'Aaron Fox, who I love. He's yeah. got crazy eyes. Um, Kelly Oubre Jr., Miles Turner, and then Willie Cauley-Stein. A lot of hair going on in that yeah, list. Yeah, that's the hair list. Also, I think we've got a real uh, age divide, which yeah. I understand. I'm 15. That's, <laughs> I know. that's the case, right? Yeah. That's you. You. That's fine. We see. We see things differently. Totally. Um, but we do have an overlap because I have Miles Turner on my second string. Oh, good. Uh, I also have Otto Porter Jr., Amon Shumpert, who is a model, IRL, as well as a best basketball <laughs> player. But he's also a model. Uh, Greg Monroe, not a joke, and Victor Oladipo. I was gonna pick Victor Oladipo actually, you still and can. I guess I have a chance to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now to think of the five next handsomest men. I'm so happy that Amir Johnson made a list. By the way, he's on any list I could ever make. He's like rakishly handsome, not yeah. like movie star, like a like yeah. a an action hero. Oh yeah, Something and to like me. That. That's more. That's like more handsome to me. Rakish handsome. Yeah, than someone who's handsome just because they're like standing around. Oh know? no like wonder Ubre didn't handsome. get any love. No. Ubre. <laughs> <laughs> nope, <Uber's>... nope. <laughs> I was okay. gonna say like no pressure to come up with. You can come back to this question. I think I think I can go five off the top of my head. Okay. I will do I will do Amir Johnson since I'm such an avid lover of Amir Johnson. Nice. Next one, I think I'm gonna have to go with Ben Simmons. Another handsome guy. 
thirdly, and it's going to be a guard that we just saw play, Wayne Selden. Wayne Selden is very handsome. Number nine. Let's see. Who's got to be number nine? Let's give it to Victor Oladipo because he's got that chocolatey voice. That's so nice. And number 10. Who gets to be the last one on the list? DeAndre Jordan, actually, since my friend and I, we wrote uh, Steal Your Girl's Starting Five list last year, and he made it, so I'll give it to him as well. Yeah, DeAndre's another guy who... I don't know that... Like, living in L.A., again, really agreed with him. He was always wearing really large hats. Uh, <laughs> and he lived, he lived on the beach. Like, he lived in Venice. I had a friend who worked there, and she would always run into him. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and he was just, like, buying his groceries, strolling around with a smile on his face, big hat on. Wow, um, big hat. That's a prerequisite for you, hey? Big no, it's guy. not really. I actually <laughs> usually don't like a big hat, but he kind of, what are you going to do? It's DeAndre Jordan. What's the right size of hat? Just like a regular hat. Like a like ball a, cap like, I feel like Jake a Gyllenhaal? Cap. Why Jake Gyllenhaal? He's wearing ball caps like, on the rest. Oh, yeah. He, he, yeah, he's like a great ball cap handsome guy, you know? Mm, yeah. Maybe I'm more online than you are if I'm talking about Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm not sure. No, no, I, I know who Jake Gyllenhaal is. I don't think you need to be on the internet to no, know. No, but like there's, there's specific like Twitter threads like, where it's like okay. him biting like headphone wires, like that being a look, and that AirPods have taken that look away, like specific things like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's online or if you're just, like, super into Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal hive. But, yeah, I feel like a ball cap, a ball cap is, like, a pretty classically handsome slash good hat. Yeah, I'll agree with that. That's fair enough. Kind of um, heat up, kind of worn in, you know? Yeah, you don't want it to look brand new. Definitely don't, not. Don't, you don't need to do a flat brim. Let's We could keep it casual. Yeah, and make sure the stickers are not on. Yeah. Um, one of the things I, I'm moving on from this. I hope Fine. everyone enjoyed that. <laughs> um, let's talk about rotations. Uh, it's something that I guess we both agree should be talked about as we get closer to the playoffs. Um, we'll start with something specific, then maybe we can branch out into something wider. Who would you have, and maybe a reason why, OG Ananobi, Norma Powell, if the playoff rotation gets to eight men? Who, do you, who are you prioritizing in that role? This was tough to think about um, because I feel like I have a certain amount of like loyalty to Powell for like getting his in the playoffs in a way that he was never able to do. Or he had one phenomenal year where he became like the playoff guy and then like we blew the playoffs. But, um, but I think realistically, I'd pick OG. And I would do that mostly because of his energy. I think, like, if you're getting that deep into the roster, like, you need someone who can come on and just be, like, good to go as soon as they hit the floor. And, like, Powell, when he's good, he's fantastic. But, like, he can also get cold super fast. Like, he can really make a lot of bad choices. (laughs) Um, And kind of just, like, get in his own way. And I've seen OG Mm -hmm. do that. We've all seen OG do that, too. But... He does it in a way where he almost like trips himself up, but he, I don't know. I really like how he's been playing. I think he's been playing a lot smarter. I think he can handle, like, I know there was some, like, there's probably, there was some talk in the past and there's probably talk now of like, can he handle it 
the stress and the pressure. But I totally think he can because he's like a pretty cool-headed guy. He's unshakable. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you said that because I, that was my last feature. Was I when I went to Toronto? I was like, I want to write one thing. It's going to be about OG and like his place in the playoff rotation. So I'm glad you agree. Um, <laughs> Good <laughs> plug. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was one of the things I found was like between guarding like Karis LeVert, LeBron, Jason Tatum, and Ben Simmons this year. They like that group over 70 possessions only attempted five shots against OG. And like there's caveats with lineup data and matchup data, of course, but that's a pretty crazy number. And I think there's something to have like such an intimidating defender and imposing defender to throw up people off the bench. And like you were saying, like he's his energy is so even and he's unshakable that that makes players generally a lot better in the playoffs that they don't shrink. Because you don't need role players to grow in the playoffs. You need your stars to kind of ascend. But if your role players just maintain the status quo, then usually it's quite good. And that's why, yeah, I think OG would be the better choice. Even though Norm Powell is great and lovable for all the reasons he that great. he is. We love yeah. him, obviously. Um, yeah. I think another thing about OG, too, is like he's so versatile. Like when you were like listing off all those guys he's guarded this year, like that's a crazy amount of like different just like bodies <laughs> to mm-hmm. be able to guard and he he's got the like he he can have the reach when he needs to he can be like really like like defensively in someone's face but like very careful about it um i don't know he's just like i trust him i trust him to like make the right decision when it counts and like that's kind of everything everybody needs to do all the time in the playoffs yeah, totally. I agree with that. His decision making is generally pretty. He's not going to do anything extremely dynamic, and especially in a half court sense, I like his decision making a lot in transition when he's he gets a lot of like charge calls on him, and he's pretty sloppy when it comes to like his footwork and how he finishes around the room. Like that's not good, and the decision making there is not so great. But I don't expect him to be leading like the charge and transition in the playoffs. That's so. what I mean. Like I thought, like he trips himself up because sometimes it's like you could slow down a little bit and like think about where your feet are going. But I also find that kind of endearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like well, Optimus Prime has massive thighs, and he doesn't look fluid. He's just strong. <laughs> you know, like yeah. if you told if you if you told Optimus Prime to like run along the baseline and dunk it. He would do it. But if you told him to do the Euro step, he couldn't do it. You know, he like do it. No. <laughs> his legs would get crossed up. If something bad would happen. I, I just don't see it happening. So like the fluidity is a big part of like OG's game coming along. But he doesn't need that in the playoffs. He just needs to be a role player. I agree with you on that one hundred percent. Here's a question. How yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how uh on call do you think the the person who tailors OG shorts is going to be when they get into the playoffs and like, depending on which, which Jersey they're going with. <laughs> I mean, probably right there. Right. Like, I that's think the so. Thing. Cause they like, gotta be like, those are custom shorts. No one else is wearing that's like, that's not a size thing. There's probably guys who wear his size, but they don't. I'm have not, see, yeah, legs. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, yeah. How long his legs are, but also like, is it getting caught near the top? Like, is like, is the start of his thigh just so immaculate, like that? It's just the shorts are like stuck there, oh, and like that's every time we pulls... So you think you think his shorts are so short because his thighs are so powerful? 
He's he's got the most powerful thighs. Literally, his first basket as an NBA player, he just came, kind of meandered into the lane, did a spin move, put like a nine-year veteran on his ass, and then dunked on him. And it was like no facial change, just started running back. You could see with every step, the floor was shaking, but his elastic thighs were as well. Like that, <laughs> he's electric. <laughs> See, I think he has, like, yeah, no doubt he's got some muscular thighs, but I think he's, they also have, like, someone making his shorts custom for him. I I really like that idea that he, like, reached out and was like, I'd like my shorts to be shorter. Can you please make my shorts shorter? And that they did it. They would That's have terrific. to do it. That's what I want. This is the story I need to know. This is the story you should have written on OG. Uh, yeah, when, I should have been like, OG, <laughs> when you had the I window. Just, <laughs> like yeah what's your waist size my guy can you please tell me can I quickly um, measure you <laughs> but also like depending depending on the circumference maybe not the circumference but like how far out your butt pushes wouldn't that mm-hmm. make the shorts fit shorter as well and then is Kyle Lowry wearing like triple XL that's why it comes down to his knee <laughs> <laughs> another interesting thought I know I'm gonna google actually, OG's butt <laughs> actually OG's butt, that was like my first popular tweet on Raptors Twitter was like the first game. I took a picture of it and tweeted it out. I, okay, wait, I have a theory. That <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Lowry wears the same shorts that TJ Ford is famous for wearing, but his butt is just so stupendous that it just looks like they fit normal. That's the theory. Like the down-to-the-ankle shorts. I think they all have special shorts. Also, now I'm looking at a picture of OG and Siakam side by side. And I think it's just his, like, I think his legs are incredibly long because where he pulls his shorts up to versus Siakam, who also has very long legs, I think OG maybe has a, he's short waisted. (laughs) Yeah, he probably has like a short torso. Like a very high waist. Yeah, short torso. He could kill it on the runway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but absolutely. I guess we're picking. <laughs> we're picking OG. <laughs> we're picking OG for the eighth man. I guess to go even further than ninth man, Lynn or Powell, because of the stress that we'll put on the point guard position. Do you put Lynn ahead, even though Powell looks to be the better player? Do you put the need of like the third point guard ahead of that, or do you still run with Powell? No, I would pick Powell. I'm sorry. To, to <laughs> Alex, I'm mostly sorry to Alex Wong, but yeah, yeah like, poor guy. I, I know. I'd pick. I'd still pick Powell, and I'd be happy because he could be in the roster. Yeah, I yeah, I would pick Powell as well. I think that like having a guy, especially since apparently when it comes playoff time, he shoots like 48 percent from downtown, and he gets put in positions where they're like, "Okay, hey, you're gonna sit in the corner." If there's a lane to the rim, go dunk it. If there's not, shoot it or just pass it. And there's no there's no asking him to work in the pick and roll. And so that's I guess that's just a, a recurring theme of what I'm saying is like when you ask OG and Powell to do simple things, they're pretty good at simple things. So that's the reason for my inclusion for them in like the playoff rotation. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess talking about rotation going ahead. Abake and Gasol, they started together in the last game against the G League Bulls after playing the G League Knicks, after playing the G League Bulls. So we saw the big front court. It was actually not great together. When they pulled away and when Abaka had was doing well, it was without Gasol. When Gasol did well, it was when he was playing with Van Vliet and Lowry and Meeks. 
how how do you feel about like the front court getting split up? Like, do, would you prefer Gasol get more minutes than Ibaka? Would you prefer that Siakam get any minutes cut? Do you want Siakam to run like forty a game in the playoffs? Like, what do you see for like those three players? Uh, I think honestly, like this is a guess a little bit outside of. No, this is like in the question. I I want to see whatever is like Siakam is physically capable of. I want him to play as, as much as he can. Like I don't. It sucks because I like Gasol. I don't like this at first. Like I don't like Ibaka and Gasol together. I like them split up. They're like both too. They can both become way too cumbersome and sticky and just like not very responsive, um, which are like huge things they need to do well so but Siakam has none of those things like he's always this entire season and especially lately like he's so incredibly on it um that I really think they should throw a lot of trust his way in the playoffs um because I think he really has shown what he can do in like any rotation like the weirder the better kind of um yeah I mean I guess like I would have said, like, maybe a few weeks ago, I would have said I'm worried about Ibaka just in terms of, like, stress. But I think he only really gets stressed out and, like, like is physical towards people when it's just, like, a garbage game that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and he's just, like, playing, like, trash. And he gets frustrated with himself. And Gasol, I don't know, like, I'm still, I know we're, like, we're, the season's almost done. But I still feel a bit, like, Gasol for JV, really? Like... He wow. always looks. He always looks so full to me. Like he always looks like he just <laughs> had a huge meal before he started the game. <laughs> he looks full. <laughs> wow, I haven't heard that one yet. So you're you're one full. of the people who's he looks full. Wow, he's eating good, not missing any meals. A big paella. So, <laughs> <laughs> they tailor his shorts as well, just in a different spot, I guess. <laughs> Um, so no, I don't mean he looks fat. When I say he looks full, I'm not like this guy's fat. It's like he he always just looks full. Like picture yourself tr- like trying to play basketball after a, like your most recent largest meal, and like try and remember that feeling. That's what he looks like to me. <laughs> he looks like how I feel after I eat too much food, I, I eat a very good meal, and then go play basketball. Yeah. This is very accessible for me right now. <laughs> yeah. This is my Twitter. This is my Twitter persona is that I love food and it's a problem for me. Um so who's the highest potential like pairing for you? Do you see Gasol and Siakam being like the highest potential pairing or or sorry then Siakam and Ibaka? I think Siakam and Ibaka. Really? Um, wow. I think I think it's all, I mean, but like, it's also not by a stretch. It's not like he's not going to play. It's, a, I think it's all would be pretty complimentary to him too. I think that's like a pair, but like, I just feel like Ibaka and Siakam can vibe off each other a lot better. I think that's something to be said, like a hundred percent. Yeah. I'm biased, but I do think that has to do with just like playing together a little bit longer. Wow. Um, that shocks me a little bit actually. Why? I, well, like you, like you said before we even started the podcast, it's a little bit insular, and I've mostly been speaking to people I think that are are big fans of 
the play style that has accompanied Gasol. And I think mm-hmm. like in a free-flowing, for me, the potential of Siakam attacking in a free-flowing offense seems like that's a big problem, especially since he's so good at passing when he's attacking, whereas a lot of big men aren't capable of doing that. That if he gets to attack a defense that's not necessarily set, and like when things are moving on the back end, that 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 makes things a lot easier for him. And just like the start of, and obviously the competition they've been playing hasn't been super great, but the start of games, we've seen Siakam kind of moving around in the offense, and when they run it through Gasol, he's been able to find Siakam for like quite a few corner threes. And like Siakam's like scoring splits of late are kind of nuts. It's like twenty five on like. 65% shooting and like 44% from downtown. Like mm-hmm. that's what I see. But I, I totally understand why like seeing Ibaka and Siakam paired together at the end of the game sometimes has been like just a crazy defensive juggernaut. Kind of like how Leonard and Siakam at the end of the Charlotte game was a crazy defensive juggernaut. And also yeah, that I think sorry, go ahead. And also that Ibaka has been one of the most consistent members of the Raptors this season. And Gasol stylistically has been consistent but his shot has been whatever so far it's it hasn't been good so like reserving like a spot for Ibaka saying like this guy's gonna give us like 16 points a game in the playoffs probably guaranteed he's gonna hit the shots that we know he's gonna hit and stuff like that I totally understand like the sentiment of wanting to choose that yeah I just like it comes down to I think trust like I trust I trust Serge to be able to make the shots when he needs to make them. And I also do think it's like a bit of a finesse thing, like in the ways that I think um, Casal can be, like cumbersome feels like too harsh <laughs> of a word. <laughs> like, cause he's not, he's not, he's a professional athlete. He's full. You know, yeah, he's, he's full. full. Just he need can't a meal. help it. He's full. Um, so, but like for how big he is, Ibaka can be a really finessey kind of player. You know, and he really like revels in it, I think. And if the mood is right and like things are vibing and going really well in the playoffs, that's like the absolute best place for the Raptors to be in. Like extremely full of themselves, you know, Um, because we also know how easy it can be for them to just like get thrown off completely. Yeah, like it, it for some reason, it doesn't take a lot to send the Raptors flailing off in a completely different direction. So I totally understand that. It takes like a suggestion. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you get like a top five. But maybe that's like that's. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. That's like, uh, I was just going to say, maybe that's just, that's like the past talking. So maybe it'll be different this year. But yeah, we're maybe a bit insecure. But I was going to say like the inclusion of a top seven player, top five player of Kawhi Leonard throws everything out of whack, even though he's objectively incredible. But, like, he comes in the lineup, everyone's like, oh, my God, what are we going to do now? We're not sure. And the yeah. offense completely changes. <laughs> yeah. And I hope, I mean, that's another really good point because I think I've seen less of that than I think, like, beginning and midseason. But this really, like, ac- acquiescing to Leonard, you know, like, like acquiescing to whatever, like, letting Kawhi take the lead all the time, even if, like, that's not the position he's playing in on the floor. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's very good for anybody, especially Kawhi, who looks a bit like, "Come on, come on, guys." Yeah, <laughs> well, that's that was one of the things I wrote at the start of the year was, and I used the term compartmentalized, which I've had people email me about. They hated it, 
but that Kawhi's offense is compartmentalized from the rest of the offense. Like, like they hated it seems that you like, chose that word or that you applied it to Kawhi? Probably both. Maybe, and they hate me as well, you know? <laughs> it, it could be all three of those things. There's some real it's, English professors lurking in the comments on Raptors Republic, I gotta yeah. say. And Guys, I've also like, learned... Get your tenure track on track and leave <laughs> us alone. I actually appreciate it because I think that I have so many problems writing all the time that when somebody's like, hey, do this, and I'm at, at this point in my, let's put in quotes, career as a writer, um, I'm just like, yeah, just correct everything. We don't, like, I don't have an editor. Please help me. I'm a small <laughs> child. <laughs> like, <laughs> please. <laughs> Like I'll I'll leave like in bold print like an editor's note like please help me I'm very poor and I like correct my grammar <laughs> something like that and if they're listening this is probably very encouraging for them they're like thank God I correct this guy he'd be they're like I'm gonna continue to email this guy everything I think yeah exactly um, I had something really snarky and funny to say but I think it's left my mind um, <laughs> maybe for the best <laughs> yeah yeah could be. Unless it comes back to you, then you should say it. Yeah, of course. Um, so I guess we'll just leave it at Ibaka and Siakam slash Gasol and Siakam that you and I disagree on that, which is okay. Are there it's any? Okay. Yeah. Are there any other? Well, I guess we're supposed to dislike each other now, but we'll probably let that slide. Are there any other rotation esque questions on your mind? Like, what's pressing in your head? Do you think like that might come up for the Raptors? The most pressing to me is that we still don't seem to have a, a regular rotation. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I would also argue against myself and say, like, you know, it's good to, like, have as many as you possibly can going into the playoffs to know, you know, which one you might have to switch to if somebody figures out what you're doing, like the other team figures out what you're doing pretty quick. But uh, it's, like, a bit worrisome. It's worried me all year. And, like, you have people like Sean Woodley who are, like, don't worry, no problem. Like, they'll figure <laughs> it out. But, like, <laughs> that's my Sean Woodley impression. He doesn't sound I anything think, like that. <laughs> I think that was, like, my – I think it might have been, like, invoking Sean Woodley. But I, like, made a joke that nobody laughed at the first time I joined, Willie, like, William Lou's podcast when I suggested that you rest Kawhi in the playoffs to save him for his five-year contract. But nobody laughed, so it came off as if I was serious. And they probably thought I was an idiot. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, like, uh, rest him <laughs> in the playoffs. You don't want to ruin the five years he signed on for. What are you, crazy? <laughs> Let him hang out in Kensington Market. Like, just eat some good food, man. I don't yeah. know if he's gone to the market yet. I don't know where he's hanging out downtown. That's another, like, conversation. But I think it it does worry me. Like, it does worry me that it's not, there aren't uh, these kind of, like, reliable rotations we've seen in the past. It doesn't worry me because... I, like I'm not worried about the players. If anything, I'm like a bit worried about Nick Nurse being able to know what to use when. And oh, I don't. A Nick Nurse truther, Katie Heindel, you've been outed. I don't think that's a secret. I don't think I've been really <laughs> behind Nick Nick Nurse all season, uh, starting from when Nick Nurse was announced as head coach, and I was like, this is kind of a cop out. He's and... so charming. He's so charismatic. I love him. He's just become, like, are you just talking about his, his drawl? Yeah. <laughs> Which has just draw. become more and more pronounced, I think, since the season's gone on. He's just like oh, a full cowboy now. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's how he's speaking. Um, but no, I'm just like, I'm not 
convinced that he's going to be able to, I mean, this again, doesn't mean that I'm like, it's like doom and gloom for me, but I'm just, this is what I'm worried about. I'm just worried that like, you know, come, come a really important game. Things are super tight. It's like, I don't know, end of the fourth and like nothing is working. What's he going to like, what will it be his go-to? It's almost like now we have so many options, you know, like the whole point of like, like messing around and like experimenting which he's done all year is to really narrow it down on like the ones that work yeah and we don't really have that so i i I am all for like staying fluid and like being experimental and getting kind of weird but you still need to have like something to come back to and to like land on when you really need it right i guess fluid could kind of be like a cop-out for not knowing exactly how to utilize everybody yeah, and, and I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's I, worrisome I, that they haven't, like, hammered down, like, a for-sure lineup that's going to kill. But also, like, we like we both alluded to, like, there's insecurities about being, like, a Raptors fan and, like, the yeah. playoffs. But also, in my head, I think if I was trying to rationalize it now, I think in the regular season anyway, we've been spoiled in the years past that, Things were very sure in the regular season. We knew exactly what worked, and they were used quite often. It was like, this lineup is great. The Kyle Lowry plus bench, it kills in the regular season. The DeMar DeRozan pick and roll kills in the regular season. But then those things, by the time we got the playoffs, they got punched in the face. And this year, everything in the regular season is more uncertain. But there's far more, like by the time (laughs) we get to the playoffs, there's far more to resort to. So it's like, if the pick and roll isn't working, you go to the elbow offense with Gasol. If that's not working, maybe you try, like, hunting mismatches with either Siakam or Leonard, like, things like that. But you don't get to be certain of it in the regular season, and then we lose to, like, the Magic, and we lose to the Pistons, and it's all up in the air. Yeah, that's a pretty good point. It's, like, interesting um, reverse psychology. (laughs) (laughs) Compartmentalized. I'm a a psychologist. Uh, no, it's like, that's truly not a bad way to look at it, I think. Um, I don't know. And I also, yeah, I gotta, like, I think we gotta preface everything we say with, we have, like, very tempered, uh, reluctant expectations, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. Your favorite story, oh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna, I mean, while we're talking about the playoffs, I was just gonna say, like, does it still look like, I haven't checked today, but does it still look like we're gonna play the Nets? Yeah, it looks like the Nets. I don't feel I, great about that. Really? I like the Nets. I think I like so them. I like them too, but that's the problem. Are you are you scared of D'Angelo Russell? No, Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Okay, well then here's the here's the rebuttal. I guess is like if you're more of a fan of Ibaka going forward than Gasol, Ibaka has played Jared Allen like perfectly so far this year. That's like Jared true. Allen has been getting like three to like five rebounds a game and like he's shooting like four times. And they've just been saying, like, you know what, D'Angelo Russell, you want to score 36 from the mid range? Go ahead, man. And you just hope that like Joe Harris <laughs> and the swag daddy Damari Carroll don't hit like nine threes on you or something. But I actually, I, for me, I really like the idea of playing the Nets because I think that that wouldn't be Gasol's series. And Gasol is the question mark. I think, going into the postseason. That would just be Ibaka's series to hold down the front court. And I think he would. And then on offense, I think that they can score. 
against the Nets. I think that would be like a five-game series where D'Angelo Russell averages 29 on like 56% shooting, but it's fine. Kind of like Mike Scott and John Wall shooting from the mid-range last year. It was like, if they hit everything, we're going to lose. But people don't usually hit everything. That's true. I mean, I guess I do like it better than the Pistons, where like Dwayne Casey's revenge tour can just continue. <laughs> I hate, I hate the idea of playing the Pistons. Honestly, just yeah. watching like Blake Griffin bully, elbow, and like spit on Pascal Siakam for six games just does not sound fun to me. He has become an extreme bully since going to the Pistons. He has. He's he's good though. Like he's such a good player. In such he's a like, different way than when he entered the league. Um, I mean, he's almost like a character actor. He's like, I've moved to Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> he's like grown this beard. He like doesn't look like he gets. Obviously, he doesn't get as much sun anymore. But he was really going in on that uh, vitamin D deficiency. And yeah, he's just oh like my God. playing so like meanly. I liked it at first, but then I was kind of like, chill out. Well, it's just he has short arms for a big man, so like he has to elbow people, you know. Like I feel like that's he doesn't a whole have different... to. He doesn't have to. <laughs> he feels that way, you know. But then, like, why does he's like not feeling so good? I think that's why he feels that way. Well, could you imagine? Just imagine, like, in the span of eight so years, happy. which, <laughs> like, imagine the span of eight years. You go from like I can jump forty-four inches off the ground, and now it's like I can jump twenty-eight inches off the ground. You'd be so sad. They'd be like, if anyone was near you, you'd just be throwing elbows, just by proxy. I think he was cursed by the Kia uh, dunk contest. That was such a bad last dunk. Yeah, that's the, it was, definitely the curse. Yeah, he, and he deserves it. So, <laughs> I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess the Nets over the Pistons. And You've convinced I guess, me. Wow, I feel very powerful <laughs> right now. <laughs> I also start. do just want to see Jared Allen for like five games in a row. I love him yeah. so much. He's amazing. The Nets, the Nets remain one of the funnest teams in the league. Like They got the, a the, weird energy. Yeah. 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 Like Kenny Atkinson being a good coach. D'Angelo Russell. Damari Carroll. Villain who's not actually a villain. And... He's a villain to me still, I think. Really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I I always have like... I've been riding for Damari Carroll just because I think I know he's gotten shot before. And Isaiah Thomas, when Damari Carroll was on the Raptors, Isaiah Thomas pointed finger guns at Damari Carroll. And I remember just oh. being like, I remember being like, and I don't like Isaiah Thomas. So I was like, yes, I'm so emboldened in this. Like you pointed finger guns at a guy who's actually been shot. How foolish do you feel? And I, it was just me. I talked about it with my close friends and it's very rewarding. <laughs> So I like the Martin Carroll. So ever since then, you've been sticking he's up my for him. He's my Yeah. But also, he says he dresses really well, and he doesn't actually. No, and he doesn't. He gave, himself, he gave himself his own nickname, and he included the word swag in it, which is a big L. A big, fat L. Yeah. But that's fine. Terrace LeVert is really fun and shifty and shaky. He's, like, such a weird player, but he's he'll be fun to watch, I think. They're, and Russell. they're a weird team. They're a weird team and a weird looking team, but they that'll be a fun, maybe a hopefully fun way for the Raptors to get energized in the first round. Yeah. And also, if Joe Harris puts on like a beanie, he can be a preacher in like half a second. 
Like he just looks like that type of guy. Like, like he's really cool well known. Pre- like a cool preacher and Justin like, Bieber's like cool, weird church. Quote unquote, yeah, Hillsong preacher. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> the preacher who like wears his like gray shorts while he's sweating and like takes provocative pictures like that that type of preacher like the new yeah. age yeah that that could be joe harris right away he, like don't, everybody, for all we know it still could be yeah everybody <laughs> at the local juice spot knows him really well like they're yeah. like oh did you get your juice today joe like juicy joe that's our guy like he always wears a beanie that that olive green beanie we know him he's got a beard as well like that's that's joe harris <laughs> Juicy Joe. That's too gross. That's good, though. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I think I'd like to play the Nets because I like watching them. But also, I'd like to see D'Angelo Russell and Jared Allen terrorize another team. Like the Bucks. If they took like two games off the Bucks, that would be shut in fraud for me. The yeah, that would thing. be nice. That would be nice to, to drain them of their energy with the Nets' weird energy. Yeah. I guess so, since we're talking about the end of the season, the postseason, let's talk about your favorite storyline of this year mm. so far. Yeah, Good well, segue. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm very talented at segues. Thank you for noticing. Um, it, it was hard. This was like a crazy season. But a lot happened, I think, like good and bad things. Um, I, a storyline I really like for how... This isn't my favorite, but I like it for how upset it makes people. Is just like LeBron and the Lakers. Oh um, yes. Like I don't. People are like people are either like mad for LeBron, or like mad at LeBron. They're like mad because they're like he's this is like ruined his season. Like he's not gonna make the playoffs for the first time in years. But like I don't really think he cares. I think he like went to that team because he was he understood it wasn't going to be like a right away thing they need to like Especially, build up over this summer mm-hmm. and, and like, look I, at who they signed they yeah. obviously were trying to win I mean aside from JaVale who's an angel but like is everyone great. else yeah. JaVale was very close he was like if I could have had you know bench options on my handsome team <laughs> JaVale uh but yeah, like that, and then then I I really like when people are upset that like everyone else was upset when they thought that LeBron was gonna trade them away. <laughs> but like, I'm sorry, Kuzma. Like, what do you think is gonna happen? Like, this is the only team we've played on. Like, you're gonna get traded at some point, and if LeBron comes in and and wants to like make a team, he's not keeping all of you. And you are kind of all. I feel like in a lot of all the young guys on that team. Are the same to LeBron? <laughs> Probably. Like no, nothing on them, but just like where they are in their career, where they could go. I mean, some are better at things than others, obviously. But like, I think he's kind of like you're all a bit interchangeable, and you're not who I want on this team permanently. That's the thing. As soon as LeBron like joins your team, like you have to humble yourself immediately. Like I'm sure when Andrew Wiggins got drafted, I mean, he was like, I'm the next Michael Jordan. Like everybody thought he was going to be incredible. And LeBron was like, I'm going to trade you for this other guy who looks like he's full. <laughs> like Kevin Love. Like, even though Kevin Love is great and he was such an important piece of, like, a championship team in Cleveland, like, 
being Andrew Wiggins and getting traded for like Kevin Love before his blow up is probably like, damn it. Like I cannot believe this just happened to me. Yeah. And if you're I Kyle just... Kuzma and Lonzo <laughs> Ball and all these guys, like getting traded for Anthony Davis is a big step up. Like you could have been you could have been traded for Mike Muscala. That would be demoralizing, you know? Yeah. And though like this is a good segue into my favorite story of the year, which was the Anthony trade like epic not even a drama it's just like a, <laughs> like it went on for so long it's still going uh i first was just like this is so wild to me because like on many levels the main one being that the pelicans were like give us your whole team for one man and like <laughs> the future of your team they wanted like how many picks did they want wanted like a pick every year in perpetuity it felt like it was like a real feudal kind it of was serfdom like you, <laughs> yeah exactly you sign your life over we'll give you a place to live and you farm our land you can eat bread for dinner yeah and then take this one tall man with you yeah um he's very tall so, though very tall yeah and like i like this story because i think i'm all for like players like being vocal about what they want and if what they want is to be traded like by all means do it I don't know if Anthony Davis' timing was, like, the best. I don't like that he got fined and then, like, it was, like, a questionable rest of the season. I mean, the Pelicans probably were going to have a questionable rest of the season anyway. But, and I'm very curious as to see, like, where he ends up and where he goes, you know? But mm. that was just, like, a weird... <laughs> it was also very weird because I don't know that this is true, but it's very funny to me that people blame... LeBron, or the rumor is it was like LeBron's fault, like he bungled the <laughs> in some capacity, you know, like he was either too involved, he had like, he was like too much in the mix, like, but I don't know how or why he would be, and then again, like, I don't know why you wouldn't expect him not to be. Right. Because it's like, like his, his livelihood and like his team in a lot of ways, so the whole thing, like, the two are very paired, like, really well for me, um, and I do actually cannot wait to see what happens to like both the Lakers and then Anthony Davis. So that was like, this is my favorite ongoing saga. Yeah, My best friend, Oleg, um, he's terrific, but he's a LeBron fan. And I said before this season, I said, the Lakers are not going to make the playoffs and I'm sorry. And he like, he was so angry that I said that. And even now, <laughs> Like, when I was in Toronto, I was visiting him as well as doing work stuff. Um, I remember my other friend was like, you trade LeBron in a basketball vacuum. You trade LeBron for Anthony Davis. And I was like, just a basketball vacuum? Yeah. And he was like, what? No, like, the Lakers, they can win next year. I was like, oh, my God, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. But the Lakers probably never win with LeBron on the team. And he was so disappointed. But just, like, the type of fandom that comes along with, like, LeBron and the Lakers, now that those are, like, interwoven, makes everything so much funnier, especially with, like, how it affects the culture and the fact that, like, like you were saying, the Anthony Davis epic just happened to be with that, like, problematic group of people just made it a hundred times better. It's a great storyline. Yeah, and, like, it couldn't really have happened to a less likable team. Like, the Lakers are, <laughs> as a franchise, like, when you just start to, like, go to the very surface of like this franchise and how on purposely dramatic they made themselves as like a selling point 
you know, like the yeah. Showtime Lakers and like everything beyond that. It's just so fitting. It's just like so on brand, you know? So when people kind of complain about it, it's like, I don't really, well, at least like Lakers fans, I could see other people that are a little bit outside of it complain about it for different reasons. But for Lakers fans, I'm like, no, I feel like you love this shit. <laughs> You're not really <laughs> mad about this. Well, they, you know? like, they otherwise, love it. no one would be talking about the Lakers. Right. And like, it also let them craft like this idea that like Kobe was like top three and super clutch. Like there's, there's things that come along with it. (laughs) By the way, when I was writing earlier this year, I remembered the snarky comment, by the way, it was something about the the military industrial (laughs) complex and never putting it in any of my writing, (laughs) which is very snarky. Um, but like I had a, I mentioned, I was writing about Kyle Lowry and how like omnipresent he is and how important he is to winning. And I made the case that like how narrative has shifted and made his career less than it should be and minimalized his spot in like the Raptors pantheon, the league's pantheon even. And I like cited Kobe's career as like how it can go the opposite way. And then there was a guy who's like, listen, man, I get it. Kyle Lowry's good, but you did not have to disgrace the name of Kobe. Like, he was so mad. Oh, my Lord. It's so weird to me how many men want to marry Kobe Bryant. Like, (laughs) 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 it's like, yeah, we can't even, this is like, this is like a whole series of podcasts that we won't go into. Um, But, like, get over it, basically. (laughs) A very yeah, high but, level. And then I also, like, I, I kind of, I don't know if this is what you're getting at with the Lowry thing, but I did also did just write a big thing about Lowry. And I kind of, I think what he's done with, like, stepping back a little bit and, like, he's not necessarily in the shine of the in the league spotlight as much as he was before, like, last year alongside DeRozan. I think it's actually been better for his career, and it will be better in the long run. Because he's shown now that he's just, like, so multilingual in what it takes to be a successful player in the league. Like, he can be that supportive guy. He can also lead the team. He can, like, and he can pick and choose those roles when he needs to. And when he know, like, he's very intelligent about them, you know? Yeah. Like, his finger is on the pulse of the game always. Like, I, always. Like I talked about yeah. it. Like, even the Charlotte game, he had, like, three baskets. But two of them came in the third quarter when... There are run stopping, and it just seems like when he pushes for it, it's definitely the right time to push. And that's something I think like Siakam as well. Siakam, how he reads the game, the turnovers are a little bit problematic. Problematic is probably the wrong word to use, but the turnovers are aren't great. But like Siakam's ability to like navigate being a tertiary player and like an all-star on offense and like going being fluid in those roles when like playing next to Kawhi playing next to Kyle, Mark, is, like, really impressive. And I think that, like, Kyle's ability to do that probably rubs off. And, like, his cult, like Kyle's culture is so inset in the team, and they're much better for it. It's really important. Yeah, totally. And it is, like, like it's such a subtle skill. It's, like, all nuance. And there are very few players, I think, that have it. And in a league where, like, anybody is trying to do whatever they can to up their game, whether it's, like, picking up their three-point shot or, like, just like to round themselves out better. I think it's a really undervalued skill and I wouldn't be surprised if like more players try to pick it Mm -hmm. up, but because it's this almost like magical, (laughs) very difficult thing to put your finger on what it is. And it does take a certain type of personality of which like Kobe Bryant is the fucking farthest thing from. (laughs) 
that like it's it that's what makes it all the more special because it is so rare and like what the last thing i'll say about kobe Bryant is the only reason like if we're talking about relevancy in the league like kyle lowry will stay relevant in the league because he's still an asset to whatever team he plays for in all of those ways that we talked about he doesn't need to, to talk about it he doesn't need to insert himself into the narrative at every opportunity that he has which kobe bryant is still doing in any other situation you'd be like this is a desperate old man stop talking <laughs> i like that um the james corden thing they're like he didn't know they were going to ask him. He he just obliged. It was like they talked about that question before they aired, obviously. Yeah. And he yeah. was like, I'm going to put myself first above Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Easy as pie. I'm back in the conversation. Everybody stand up. Let's cheer for the guy with great cheekbones. Like that type of thing. He's got like a Google, like he's got a Google alert for when his Google alerts, I think, like start to fall off. And then he's like, I got to <sighs> do something. I got to like call somebody. I need to like release a soundbite. Because he's an people SEO aren't talking specialist. about me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, he's not, but he probably has a whole team that is. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I cannot believe he won an Oscar. Crazy. But yeah, you know what? I probably don't know what I would have them win instead. So. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last thing before we get into Twitter questions is which regular season of the Raptors was the most rewarding for you to watch and why? Was it the Pops Mensa Bonsu? Was it the Jorge Garbajosa 2015? <laughs> <laughs> like, which which was it? <laughs> well, it was neither of those. Um, but I think, and I'm totally open that mine is, is very biased. Um, in, and in hindsight, and I'll, I mean, yes and no. But it was last year for me. And then the hindsight thing where I'm totally biased is because it was the last season. With DeRozan, which obviously none of us knew at the time. But even if I didn't know that, I did really like last season. I feel like, you know, the bench bench mob happened. All of my favorite people were really cooking. Fred Van Vliet took off in the way I always knew he would. <laughs> um, like, he had such a season. He is still, but he did then. And, like, we've seen the rise of Siakam. You were seeing like Lowry and DeRozan step into these like tandem leadership roles. And I don't mean like to say it was my favorite season because I'm like a big like idealist or like I'm not like living in the past. I just think it was so representative of what that team, that iteration of the Raptors had become. And you knew at some point it was going to have to break apart. Like we, you knew at some point even it could happen that summer and it did. But I mean, not. I don't think even if people thought, oh, it's not like that DeRozan's going to be the thing that goes away from it. But it, it wasn't going to last. So it was kind of like that really sweet feeling of like, you know, yeah. something's like bound to be over soon. But it's like working so well. Uh, and it was just like a bummer how it ended. But, the, but like if we're just talking about the regular season, then I think it definitely had the most like, we're, we're talking like wild energy style. Yeah. It had it had its own like really really distinct feeling. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I really loved last year. It, if you had like an idealized version of what 2013-14 turned into, definitely last year is the culmination. <laughs> is the culmination of everybody's efforts. It's like 
could you imagine when like DeMar DeRozan signed the contract and ran out of the tunnel, like just left Brian Colangelo. He's like, he signed for $44 million or sorry, $40 million. He's at nine and a half a year. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah. And then like, he's underwhelming, but then everybody's like, he's going to be good. Kyle Lowry comes over from Houston for Gary Forbes and a first round pick that turns out to be also a guy who could have made the all handsome team, Steven Adams. Um, like Weird Kyle Lowry comes though. over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's Cal Drogo. He's Cal Drogo. It's the most accessible type of handsome. I can't believe how many times we've just completely abandoned basketball on this podcast to talk about handsomeness. This but is I'm, what it's like know, to have me on the podcast, though. So <laughs> you know, I I thought maybe I'd I'd heard some of your podcasts with uh, Sean Woodley, and I was like, this is going to get weird. But considering <laughs> that the basketball of late. Like I said, they just played three G League teams. There's no better time than to get weird. Yeah, you know? we all need it. We need it. Yeah, we all, we all need the weird Katie Heindel podcast, you know, every <laughs> once in a while. Just to ground ourselves, you know. That, you know, sometimes we aren't actually involved in basketball. Sometimes we're just watching really handsome men do things. Yeah. And maybe, maybe that's <laughs> all it is. But yeah, an idealized, <laughs> yeah, an idealized version um, of the 2013-14 Raptors looks like last year, especially if you don't know that it's coming to a close, especially if you're like, wow, they won 59 games. Their point differential is off the charts. Even Zach Lowe is like, these guys, they look pretty good. And then, like, obviously, <laughs> LeBron, like, is the crusher of dreams. But, you know, the regular season was great. I'd agree with you. That was probably my favorite regular season ever. Yeah, and, like, yeah, LeBron came in and did what he does, but, like, it doesn't like the season still happened, you know, like we still had that amazing season that doesn't go away. And I think like looking back now and what we know and like that, that was the last year of that team. It does make it all the more, it's like very hard not to look at it through that lens of like, it does make it all the more special. And like also very cool that that was like what the team, what this team of like real, like no, like castaways and like handoffs <laughs> could culminate to through yeah. just like, hard work and chemistry and just like rare luck and like all, all those really weird things that, that make basketball so good. Yeah. It's, it, I feel spoiled having watched this team because it's just like the Island of misfit toys. And then yes. it's all of a sudden you're, you're like the point differential Kings, like a guy from Wichita state who was undrafted is all of a sudden third in six man of the year voting Pascal Siakam, who was a priest or training to be one seven years earlier is suddenly like an important cog in the Raptors bench. DeMar DeRozan speaks out on mental health. That becomes a big thing. He becomes a champion of something really important, which is big for his career and big for the NBA landscape. Kyle Lowry is an all-star. People keep talking about his butt and how, you know, good he is. It's, it just felt like everything reached a fever pitch and then we were supposed to go to the finals, but then we didn't. Yeah. But the fever pitch was still there. The regular yeah. season was still there. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And OG. OG was, like, one of the best stories of last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, he was awesome. Yeah, he was amazing. Because you were just like, who is this guy? <laughs> and, like, he yeah. had, like, innocent little smiles every once in a while. You're just like, wow. Have my whole heart. He's Basically. kind of like last year what Danny Green is this year. We're just like, can Danny Green do anything wrong? Seriously? This guy's perfect. <laughs> and that's what OG was last year, except OG is like cuter, you know. And Danny Green is like, Danny Green's like, I'll even do a podcast. 
I'll interview people. And he's like, I'll, I'll give the payoff everyone's been waiting five years about. I will ask Kyle Lowry about his butt. Like, what, what, Danny Green, Danny Green is like the payoff for like all the all the playoff dis- disappointments. He's like, you know what, Raptors fans, we're going to make good on it, not just in play, but in culture. I'm going to ask the questions that need to be asked, okay? I'm going to make it happen. So now we don't have to worry anymore. What a guy. Um, what what would <laughs> What would have to happen this year for this year to be your favorite season? I don't know. I mean, like it was a hard season. I think like the I talked a really big game before the like trade deadline that I didn't really care and like my heart was checked <laughs> out, which I don't know why anyone believed me, let alone like myself. But it was like it's been a difficult that part of the season was kind of difficult and I still feel like I'm coming back from it a little bit. Um it like a good playoff run would be nice. Like it feels like I don't even want to talk too much about like my expectations for the playoffs because as we said we feel like a lot of trepidation even talking about it. But mm, I think, I don't know, like, okay, I'll say it. Like, making the final. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it, okay? We're just dancing happen. around it. I had to take a deep breath to say it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, why not making the finals? Making it farther than the Raptors ever have in the playoffs. And, like, yeah. the kind of joy and energy that I know that that's going to bring to the team. And getting to watch that happen, I think. Also, it could be, like, the, could you imagine making it to the NBA Finals or even winning and Kawhi Leonard leaving? Oh, my God. That would, <laughs> <laughs> that, that would I mean, be... I could see it. He's like, well, I got you there. See you later. <laughs> that's, like, that is high comedy. Like, the highest form, like, like the best sketch ever is like this guy's like, oh wow, we achieved everything. Like that's fantastic. It's still cold here, and I'm leaving. Like that type of thing. Oh high my god. High comedy and like high drama. I feel like that always happens in your classic like western, any kind of classic genre. Someone rides into town. They he's like they help Doc you Holiday. do everything. Yeah, they help you figure everything out. They vanquish evil. If we're going medieval. And then they leave at the end. They're like, "Well, nothing left for me to do here." Who's if it's mid if it's medieval? Who's Sean Bean? Is Damar Sean Bean? Is he like no. the hero everybody loves, and then like he's vanquished and <laughs> like his head gets chopped off? Figuratively, everything figuratively. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. That's also, like, I don't think that aligns with the seasons, if we're going season to season, and then season to season of Game of Thrones. Well, Sean Bean's <laughs> been in a lot of movies. You could <laughs> you pick whatever you want. That's true, but, like, you have to admit the thing that comes first to mind is him getting his head chopped off. <laughs> yeah. Wait, okay, so I have to, I have one more question before we get to Twitter questions. It's, I just want to see if your brain has something ready. Oh, who God. is Who is the <laughs> Nicolas Cage of the NBA? The whole NBA. <laughs> and is it 38-year-old Kyrie Irving? Is that, is that who it is? No, but let me... It's like, my head, I'm like, okay, I think it's got to be someone on the Knicks. Um, <laughs> Michael Beasley. I don't know. It's not Michael Beasley. Who could it be? Who's my enemy? 
I don't have an answer ready. <laughs> and this isn't your enemy. Like I don't like him that much right now. This oh. iteration of Nick Cage. Mm. Who would it be? It could be Beasley. I just remember that really weird interview he had when he first got to the Knicks, and I was like, this guy's got some oh, really good, strange energy. I think it's Robin Lopez. <laughs> oh, it could be Robin Lopez, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be Robin Lopez. <laughs> He's at like least a do... very strong candidate. <laughs> yeah, we should do a full podcast of like um, actor to NBA comparisons. I think 100%. that's... Yeah. yeah. Okay, so <laughs> we're going to do Twitter <laughs> questions now. I sent a tweet out earlier saying that Katie was hopping on the podcast and told everybody to respond under that. And Not a lot of questions, have... i got to say, guys. Do you, yeah, are there pre- usually more, more than this? I don't know. There, there was last time. There was like maybe like 10 or 11. Yeah, also, and what do we I get this time? Five. Yeah, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have the William Liu retweet clout, though. So, like, I'm working my way up, guys. I know that Twitter is an important aspect of being a writer nowadays, which is lame, but I'm trying my best. Um, but, yeah, I don't Thanks have the five of you for these yeah. questions, these sad <laughs> the questions. First, Thank you. The first one, um, Timo Vine, uh, let's say Vane and Pa, Timo Vane and Pa, of the non-Demar players that were shed to construct this current team, who has missed the most, JV, DeLon, Miles, Jakob Pertl, or Bruno? No Malachi oh. Richardson shout-out. Poor, poor guy. Oh, no. Um, Do you have a take? Yeah, well, I always have a take, unfortunately. Oh, good. <laughs> I think, uh, like, JV, I already said that, I think. Um, but JV is a bit of a paradox because JV is having a rest of his season on a like not so great team so of course he's gonna shine there and I do think it was necessary for JV to move on from the Raptors to like hit a new high for himself so I will say probably DeLon in terms of the development that he could have continued to have with the Raptors and I just miss him and I think his buds on the bench miss him too yeah, I really like DeLon Wright. He's yeah. been one of my favorite players for a long time. He's just, he's so unique. I think Blake, a long time ago when he was drafted, used the term amoebic to describe him. And that's that's so apropos. Like, he's such a strange type of shifty, like, and how he gets his shots. That, it, like, he doesn't shoot a jumper. He has a set shot. But that he's, like, he can step through the paint and do a bunch of different things, finish both hands. Yeah, I'm, I miss Dewan a lot. And also, he just smiled a lot. And oh smilers God, are always his welcome. smile. He and he wore braces smi- when he was, he was drafted. I know. Crazy. Do you remember how much better he got when his braces came off? Stop it. <laughs> he was feeling Stop really it. good. <laughs> he was feeling, as someone who had braces in their life, I know what it feels like when you get them off. <laughs> You're yeah. ready to dunk on everybody. <laughs> I had braces too, and the worst part is I think I need to get them again. Let me get in my feelings on the podcast <laughs> real quick. Jesus. Yeah, this isn't helping your case for not being underaged. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, my teeth went all crooked afterwards, and I just die. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, my impression of a child is a very plucky child, a plucky upstart child. From RE12 at Persian Wall, should the Raptors sign someone like Gortat, Zach Randolph, 
Tony Allen, or ISO Joe Johnson for insurance or just for the playoff experience? Katie. No. <laughs> All of those guys are so old. I have the best subplot of Marching Gortat, by the way. The first okay. three NBA games I went to, the first three, the first one I ever went to was Golden State Warriors at home against the Washington Wizards, which Marcin Gortat played in. And it was also the game where Bradley Beal punched Draymond Green in the face. It was fantastic. Oh, boy. The next game I went to, <laughs> next game I went to, Raptors against Wizards. Marcin Gortat also played in that game. And the third game I went to was Lakers and Clippers, of which Marcin Gortat also played. He was at the first three games that I ever watched. It was like Bradley Beal. Or sorry, not Bradley Beal, but just a fun little, I'm Marcin Gortat's biggest fan, apparently. I follow him around like a stadium tour. I think you have an unnatural connection with him, potentially. (laughs) You think so? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, out of all of those guys, like if I had to choose one, I'd probably pick Zach Randolph, but like then also not really. I mean, Gortat is not having a good year. I feel like he's going to retire soon. Well, both he... both Gortat and I have big receding hairline energy. Maybe that's the connection. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you're connected to one another, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think like if we're, our, if we're still, I know like we're all really nervous. We, we talk about it a lot. But if we can't be confident in this team that's now that we have, that we gave up some really good pieces to put together, if we can't be like, okay, these are the guys we have now, we've got to make it work. Like picking up someone else isn't going to fix that. You're telling these are me our guys. These are Martin Gortat doesn't move the needle against the Milwaukee Bucks. He's not the swing. He's not the Giannis stopper. <laughs> <sighs> It was very disappointing. He's always been so agile on the dive, you know. I thought maybe he could come shake it up a little bit. Maybe oh. he'll be the pick-and-roll partner that Serge Ibaka never was for Fred Van I also know that Mark Gortat, he, uh, in his spare time, he breeds racehorses, very beautiful racehorses. Um, wow. I know this from my work on NBA Summer Vacation Watch. So... I wouldn't mind if he just goes fully into that because that's something I would love to follow more than his current career. That that'd be an interesting pivot. I mean, that's it's probably not, he's like know. halfway in it, so it would be like, is it a pivot if you're already doing it, or you're like, I'm gonna make this side hustle yeah, main thing? Yeah, <laughs> probably not a not a full on pivot, like a front facing pivot. Maybe it's a jab step. A comfortable know? absorption. Yeah, <laughs> is there is there a fa- is there do you have a favorite player who moved on to something else? Like, what's your favorite after career career you've ever Tim seen? Tim Duncan, develop? like Tim Duncan's entire life, like since retiring, <laughs> he like went to the jungle, got super into Muay Thai. Um, he's like he just shows up in weird places is wearing the weirdest clothes still but he just seems like he's like having a great time but more seriously okay more seriously not in terms of career but the work he's done since retiring Rashid Wallace I think um he's like been like a real uh push like he's he's like so involved in the Flint water crisis and he has like not given up on that cause and he'll just like drive there and has been doing that since it started. And then, like, since everybody stopped paying attention to it, he'll just, like, continually 
take time. Like, I think he was going every weekend for a while to just like bring water there, just kind of being wow. like, I'm just going to do this. So I don't know. I think Rashid Wallace, is a, he's one of my favorites, but I think he's a really good person. So he's a humanitarian now. Yeah, he's a humanitarian now, but maybe always. But in terms of yeah. like, I don't know, po- post career, like, like I don't, I don't know, like. Jalen Rose has a really good one too. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. I like to listen to him. Who doesn't? But, but also, like his school, like his school is yeah big time as well. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yeah. Of course. Um, no, I don't know. Not in like a post career way that they're like they're a movie star now. Nothing like that. <laughs> Shaq. <laughs> The commercial king. Oh boy. Okay, I guess one of one of the tweets is actually unavailable. I wonder if it was uh, laden with. Swear was it rude? Oh, I wish I'm, we could I, see it. Yeah, maybe it's. Send your rude tweet again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so from I just believe the the name is all, and his username his or her is Enterprise with a three as the e and. Uh, why? as the I. Oh, hell yeah, man. With the two seed locked and horrific opponents down the stretch, it's been hard to find a reason to watch the team recently. He's touching on something important, and basically he totally gets why the podcast is full of more laughter than it is rotation analysis. This must be what it's like to watch someone else's softball game. What bit of info do you mine for until the playoffs? I guess we're trying to figure out... to it. We've been trying to figure out how they make OG shorts the way they do. That's important. <laughs> been spending a lot of time looking at the fellas took us to figure it out. Is it a Victorian stitch on the inside? Are we going double? What's the move here? Do, does it, do you think they mean like serious info or what we've been talking about? I'm almost certain it's not what we've been talking about. Oh, but we're not too required. <laughs> Because I think this is, like, I know we're joking around, but I do think there's something for, like, a bit of levity if all season long we've been talking about the same thing. Like we mentioned, there's a lot of problems that haven't really gone away, but nothing is solved by continuing to talk about these things. So I yeah. think sometimes you've got to introduce a bit of a, some jokes. Nothing, no harm in that. Yeah. And like besides, I like on every reaction podcast, I basically talk about the new implications of what this means for the rotation. And like on the last weekly podcast, it was like, "What's the rotation look like?" And the one before that, <laughs> "What's the rotation look like?" Like we've just because that's how we've sold the team this year. We're like, "Well, the team is a playoff team. Let's talk about the playoffs." So now we're like, "What? What do we think of the playoffs?" And we're like, "I think we talked about it to death. Let's talk about butts, my guy. I don't know what to tell you." <laughs> I'm not going to go into some deep, weird stats just for, like, something to write or talk about. Nobody needs to hear that, for me or anyone. He probably wanted to hear about Jake Gyllenhaal chewing on headphone cords. I'm sure that's what he came to the podcast. I mean, and you delivered. So I think we've given this person and everyone a lot to think about. Yeah, lots to chew on. The playoffs arrive. (laughs) (laughs) And the last question by ed.edits. What's a re-signing with Danny Green look like this summer? A real question that I haven't seen asked. What do you think? What's it look like? Like, what can we give him? Yeah, like, let's say, like, three years, 25 million, and be like, wow, we really got a great deal, something like that. 
I mean, I'm inclined to be like, give him whatever he wants. He's been like pretty instrumental in the team, not just in like being a bit of a glue guy and transitional bridge for Kawhi, but also just the way he has right away like made himself right at home on the team, Actually, which I think is really valuable. What? I have a really great idea. What's give that? him the minimum and launder money through Yahoo Sports and just pay him an exorbitant amount of money for the Green oh, Room yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Be like, That's wow, the move. This guy really took a pay cut to stay there. <laughs> yeah. But then I wonder what he would get taxed more on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Like, it, would he have to pay HST on what he's going to get through Yahoo Sports Canada? <laughs> I wonder if they would create an exception for him. Maybe. Um, I mean, in all seriousness, yeah, I feel like if you could get that guy for another three years, you got to do it. And he seems like he wants to come back. I think he does. I think for Danny Green, like, he doesn't strike me as a player who's, like, out to get the bag and, like, if all else fails, I think he's, like, thinks he's probably found a pretty good fit on this team. He's really appreciated. He's gotten to do a lot of cool stuff outside of basketball. Uh, He doesn't strike me as the kind of person who's, like, I'm just going to do all this stuff and then take off next year. Yeah. Um, well, I, he I don't has know. a snake. He's, Anybody who has a snake. A few snakes. It's, yeah. It's tough to few. predict what he's going to do. <laughs> no, I think we're like, you got to keep somebody like that. Like, if you the can. only other person I know who has a snake, like, dyes their hair every, like, third week. Unpredictable. <laughs> fickle. Like Ramona Flowers, you know? Something like he's that. also like staying on teams for a long time, you know. Like he's not—he's not hopscotching around the league. He, I, I don't think he's like a player who wants that kind of career either. And Definitely. wouldn't you want to stay a little bit more? Because considering that they're going to get to the finals in the playoffs this year, and that <laughs> he could be like, you know what, we made it that far, and now I'm going to stay, and Kawhi's going to stay, and it would be pretty look great how well if we he... did. If he retook his three points made in the finals record from Steph Curry, except he did it as a Raptor, that'd be pretty cool. That's like the highest form of wishful thinking, by the way. Yeah, now's the time, Danny. (laughs) (laughs) The world is your oyster, man. You can really do it. You could do, that's the thing. He could do anything in Toronto and and like like he's going to receive nothing but praise and adoration for it. Tons of social currency. His social currency is it's on a and on court currency too. Like this, he's like so versatile. I know you said you were just making fun of Raptors fans or being like anything this guy can't do, but like seriously, <laughs> I don't know. He can do it all. He can do a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. He probably saves babies, that kind of stuff. He's one of those people. You know he what I mean? If he, he could. Yeah, he probably has like his first aid as well. Like, there'll be a story that'll come out next year after Kawhi's left and, like, the team. Nobody wants to pay attention to it anymore. I'll be like, in a shocking development, Danny Green saves his third life of the year. He's been taking, like, Subway System X, and he's been (laughs) saving people with his first aid knowledge. And then everybody's just like, wow, this is fantastic. He's like, yeah, man, it's just what I do. It's just like putting one up in the corner. Like, wow, he's three for three on live saved. Efficiency on a level. I'm I'm so prone to tangents. Our I don't know how this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think we give Danny? 
I think like ideally you go like three for twenty five. That's like obviously he deserves more, mm-hmm. and I'm all for giving people all the money they deserve. But also like Danny, we're trying to like compete for a really long time, so you just gotta let us launder money through Yahoo Sports, and that's how it's gonna work. <laughs> the big pharma, big sport, big military industrial complex didn't hear me because I was whispering. I'm for hiding. Just don't talk about military fatigues as oh my god <laughs> ever. I remember because I I got to that your article late, and maybe we'll close off on this lamenting how things are received on the internet. But I got to your article late, and I am like I read comments. That is just what I do, and I scrolled down. And if anybody who commented on that is listening to this, I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> I was just like. I, Go ahead. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> the worst thing about that one specific comment is I saw it because I did make the mistake of quickly going. Then I was like, nope, I'm out of here. But I didn't realize there was an expand button on it. And then Sean Woodley <laughs> read it to me on his podcast before we were recording the whole thing. <laughs> so I just like. I don't know. People people love what they love. Let's just say that. And they want to get mad at you if you don't. It, I feel like it would just be like save everybody time if like he didn't write it so they had to be expanded on. But if he just wrote in like no caps, just dumb woman brain. And he was like, that's his response. <laughs> it would have really summarized the entire comment a lot better. It's true. It would have got yeah. a real sense of what he was what he was trying to say. <laughs> It's like, oh, we totally get it, man. Thank you for being so concise and laconic. Very mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's as good a place. <laughs> it's pretty good. To drop it as any. We got to all all the different Twitter questions. We talked about a lot of things. Um, I actually was Dave Dufour. I don't know if you've seen his presence on Twitter. I was gonna have him on for like an extra twenty minutes and just tack it onto this. But this no is a pretty way. long podcast, chock full of stuff. So I think I'll just release it as a second podcast. So yeah, if you're listening get out to of here, now, Dave. There's no time. Yeah, you've been <laughs> backlogged, Dave. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'll do that. Um, Katie, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a blast. My pleasure. And again, I really feel like you're going to be the host. You got to be. <laughs> I'll, I'll save. I'll chop this out of the podcast and I'll send it to Zarar. Like every yeah. third day. And I'll be like, listen, Katie says so. I don't know what else to tell you, man. Yeah, I got some cloud over there. Don't worry. Yeah, lots, <laughs> lots of RR cloud. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one more time, thanks for coming on. If you enjoyed listening to this, feel free to check out Raptors Republic on Twitter or Instagram. It's just Raptors Republic. Go to the website, Raptors Republic, and read. There's so much good stuff coming out lately. Louis Satsman did a profile on Jama Malalela that was really good, really illuminating into his motivations, why he coaches the team the way he does, the 905, of course. Lots of great stuff coming out. Coop NBA is putting out tons of breakdowns of the play, t- like the play styles of the Raptors and the specific plays. And, yeah, there's just tons of stuff coming out daily. So check it out if you like. Uh, Katie Heindel is on Twitter at WTEVS, whatevs, very uh, tongue-in-cheek. And you can follow her if you liked any of her takes. <laughs> I think this podcast fits fits pretty well with her overall, um, I guess, Twitter, <laughs> let's say. 
And uh, for me, you don't need to follow me on Twitter because I'm a bad follow. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a blessed day. (laughs) (laughs) One last thing that I forgot to mention. Katie has a fantastic basketball newsletter. It's called Basketball Feelings. If you want to subscribe to that, just go to tinyletter.com backslash basketball feelings and you'll be you'll be all set thanks for listening once again have a great day your xfinity home security system can't walk the dog but it can tell you what he does while you're not around and it can't stop your kids from sneaking out either but it can let you choose what real-time security alerts you receive so you're always in control no matter what you're doing around the house xfinity home can help with a new way to customize your home security and it was named the best professionally installed home security system by cnet Click, call 1-800-XFINITY, or demo in your local Xfinity store today. Xfinity Home. Simple, easy, awesome. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas.